What is going on everyone? It is Mason Pierce here, host of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. And I want to let y'all know about a little secret, and it's called Anchor by Spotify. It is one of the new and easiest ways to make your own podcast with everything you need all in one single place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from the comfort of your phone or computer. And also, when you are hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and whatever platform you choose to post it on. It's everything you need to make a podcast in just one single place. And the best part of all, Anchor is totally free to use. So make sure you download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm. Get started creating your own podcast or start hosting on a very up-and-coming new platform. Yo, what is going on, Cover 7 family? It is your host, Mason Pierce, and we are back at it again with another episode of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast. Guys, I hope y'all had a great Monday and Tuesday. I hope y'all are watching a lot of Major League Baseball going on. I know I definitely was. I intend, I attended Tuesday's game, the Texas Rangers versus the Colorado Rockies. Unfortunately, my Rangers did not finish it out well, but nothing less, it's great to be back in the stadium, and it's just great to have baseball back as a whole. Now, in today's episode, we will be discussing a couple college football news. We actually have a decent amount of transfer portal news. I know at least the past couple weeks, it's kind of you know seemed dry. There hasn't really been too much to talk about, but but some pretty decent names have finally committed to their future schools, so we will get into that. And there's also a pretty decent name that just entered the transfer portal as well, so we'll also talk about that. Now, for the NFL side of today's news, we really don't have that too, too much news. There's actually, it's mostly going to be centered around the Minnesota Vikings. Nothing groundbreaking, but just some news regarding them. And then just a couple other little I guess transactions and signings that went on and then to finish out the episode we will be discussing the NBA play-in tournament now I am recording this Tuesday night so I will not have the results of Wednesday but we will talk about Tuesday's play-in tournaments and how the playoff picture in the NBA looks now so guys before we do get into today's episode I want to please make sure and just ask y'all to please make sure that you are following the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce. Link will be down in the description. And as always, let's get right into today's episode. Now, before we do get into the actual college football news and transfer portal and all that stuff, I do want to give a huge shout-out to Ohio State quarterback C.J. Stroud, the current starting quarterback for Ohio State, who also wears the late Dwayne Haskins number 7 jersey. And on Monday in practice, CJ actually decided to make a really cool gesture to Dwayne Haskins by putting Long Live Simba and Rest in Peace Dwayne on the number seven on the back part of his jersey. So absolutely cool just gesture by by um, CJ Stroud to do that to Dwayne Haskins, who obviously was very much beloved by the Ohio State community. And it's still a sad and very tragic situation, but I'm just super happy to see how all of us have just, have just come together and truly have, you know, looked at the better parts of Dwayne Haskins' life and career as a football player and as a human being. But once again, rest in peace to Dwayne. It's still really hard to believe the fact that he is gone, but nothing less, rest in peace, and my thoughts and prayers are still with him and his family. Now, for the first news, it's actually regarding the Big Ten. So we're still going to be kind of staying in the Big Ten a little bit in today's episode. Former five-star recruit and Maryland edge rusher, Demion Robinson, he has committed to Penn State. Now, he left Maryland a couple weeks ago, which wasn't really too shocking considering the fact that, no offense to Maryland, if any of my Terrapin fans are listening, Maryland's just not that great of a program, especially for a five-star recruit to go to. And that doesn't mean they won't be on the uprise eventually in a couple of years. Obviously, obviously, 
Talia Tagovailoa has been a decent quarterback, and yes, he still has a lot of interception issues that he does need to fix. But I love their head coach, Mike Loxley, and just overall how great of a recruiter and a coach he is. So definitely expect Maryland to continue to only get better from this point on. But nothing less, Penn State just got a huge commitment in Damian as he once was the number 22 overall recruit in the 2021 class cycle. Now, the next news we have is regarding former Vanderbilt offensive tackle Tyler Steen. Now, Tyler was only a three-star recruit coming out of St. Thomas Aquinas High School in Fort Lauderdale, which has been known to produce a dumb amount of talent, but he was 112th ranked offensive tackle in the class of 2018, and he had a pretty solid career at Vanderbilt. He was obviously one of the more sought-after um, prospects in the transfer portal, considering he is 6'5", 300-plus pounds, so obviously a lot of teams were wanting to get him, and it ultimately it came down to the University of Virginia and the University of Alabama. Now you're probably wondering, well, this isn't really shocking where he ended up landing, and you're right. Um, Tyler, he actually did commit to the University of Alabama on Tuesday morning, so once again, Nick Saban and the Crimson Tide are just continuing to reload and not rebuild. So definitely watch for him to be a, a big piece for them this upcoming season and possibly a second season if he decides to stay because he still does have his COVID year from prior years. So nothing less huge pickup for the Crimson Tide. And we will continue to stay in the SEC as we're talking about Texas A&M wide receiver Caleb Chapman. Now, mostly was famous for the um, Florida game that he had against well, Florida in 2020 during the COVID year as he just completely balled out. I think he had 100-plus receiving yards and, you know, really did seem like a future great wide receiver, kind of the next um, Ryan Swope, if any, if any of y'all remember him. Obviously, you know, Caleb being 6'5 is a little bit taller than Ryan, but nothing less kind of possessed similar skill sets. Now, Caleb coming out of high school was a four-star recruit, number 60, number 60th ranked wide receiver in the country. So obviously, very, very talented kid, but never really seemed to have a huge chance at Texas A&M, considering the fact he always kind of slipped down the depth chart. But he's officially entered the transfer portal, and I definitely would expect Caleb to possibly stay in the SEC, considering his former quarterback in Zach Calzada if he does end up starting for the Auburn Tigers after transferring from A&M a couple months ago, could be a huge pickup for the Auburn Tigers considering they do need a lot more offensive weapons. Now, what does this say for Texas A&M? Well, A&M fans and Aggie fans, just don't be shocked to see a lot more transfers. Like I've said in a couple past episodes, there's just going to be a lot more transfers in the next couple of years because there's too much talent and not enough you know, time on the field because you can't split um, like it's just insane to think that A&M now has so much talent that not everyone's going to be able to get a fair chance because a lot of guys on these teams like third stringers on Texas A&M would be starters at like LSU you know what I mean still SEC schools but just A&M is so stacked at the, in depth wise so I'll definitely continue to expect a lot more transfers but nothing less a pretty good you know wide receiver has entered the transfer portal and speaking of another great wide receiver to enter the transfer portal, it's Louisville starting wide receiver Tyler Harrell. Now this past you know 2021 season, Tyler had 530 yards on only 18 receptions. Which yes, if you use the if you do the math, that's 30 yards of reception. But the fact that he is in an offense with a you know speedster like Malik Cunningham at quarterback, who is not really known for his passing ability, more for his you know Lamar Jackson esque play style. So he's not going to get targeted a lot. Obviously, 
it, he wasn't going to stay there that long considering the talent is right there. And I know a lot of schools are probably calling his name. So, yeah, another really talented wide receiver enters the transfer portal. I definitely expect Alabama to, you know, obviously once again continue to target him. I've seen his name kind of floating around with the Crimson Tide. And, you know, it really would not shock me considering the fact a lot of players just want to, you know, want to play for Nick Saban. And, I mean, you really can't blame him. So the next news we have is regarding former LSU cornerback Pig Cage. Now, yes, you are hearing this right. This kid's name is actually Pig Cage. And he wasn't really a you know very high recruit. He spent his first season in college football at Nickel State, then transferred to LSU. And apparently it was being reported that he literally would be you know, battling for nickel and safety playtime and really just affect all the, you know, acquisitions LSU has gotten over the offseason with Brian Kelly obviously being hired to be the head coach and the fact that a lot more recruits are coming to LSU. He just kept falling down the depth chart, so he decided to enter transfer portal, and he actually committed to a pretty interesting school. He committed to the University of Texas at San Antonio. Yeah, I'm sorry, Texas fans. Y'all y'all aren't going to get any more corner help. But nothing less, UTSA, they've actually been pretty relevant in the transfer portal, getting guys like former Virginia cornerback Nick Troy Fortune, which is a pretty good, you know, solid pickup, former three-star recruit. Obviously kind of fell down the depth chart at West Virginia and never really got the opportunity. So obviously coming to the UTSA, he'll definitely fill in right at the cornerback one position and will be a very you know huge impact starter for the road runners now for our final news of the college football segment of today's episode it is involving the smu mustangs now we all know smu they lost their starting running back ulysses bentley to the transfer portal which he ultimately ended up committing to Ole miss so i kind of left a huge you know gap at smu for that running back one position well not any longer former five-star recruit and current Alabama running back Kamar Wheaton has committed to the SMU Mustangs. Now you're probably wondering, why the heck would he go to SMU considering the fact they don't have you know, Rashad Samples anymore, they don't have Sonny Dykes? Well, um, Kamar, he is from the Garland area, which is right by you know Dallas, Texas, where you know SMU is located. He went to Lakeview Centennial High School. And, you know, he, he it had been rumored for a long time he was going to SMU ever since he did end up hitting the um, transfer portal. Now, this happened back in early February. He kind of just went off, the, you know, didn't really say anything. We didn't really hear much about Kamar. And then randomly Tuesday night we get news regarding the fact that he is officially transferred to SMU. Now, what will he bring to the Mustangs? He will bring some track level speed while also being a very physical runner. He definitely plays like a former, you know, SMU great, Eric Dickerson. And I'm not going to say he's going to be as good as Eric Dickerson, but he will definitely be up there in that category. So you could possibly say, you know, SMU just got another Eric Dickerson from the transfer portal. So nothing less huge pickup for Rhett Lashley and the SMU Mustangs. So now, guys, that we have finished the college football segment of today's episode, let's slowly kind of transition over to the NFL side. NFL side of today's news and there really hasn't been too much going on early on this week I mean there's been a couple you know a couple little signings here and there but the in my opinion the most notable news that went on was regarding the Washington Commanders now in case y'all have not heard Washington and owner Dan Snyder they've been they've kind of been involved in a it's I guess you could say an unlawful pattern of financial conduct which you know whether it was regarding taxes and you know, avoiding the IRA, and they've just been in a kind of a mess show just regarding a lot of money situations, but it is being 
reported that Congress is saying that Washington executives and Dan Snyder may have actually engaged in a troubling, long-running, and potentially unlawful pattern of financial conduct that may have victimized thousands of fans in the NFL. Now, if this is true, this is... I mean, I, I don't understand how Dan Snyder is still a owner in the NFL. It blows my mind the fact after all the emails got leaked from the John Gruden situation, yet we never heard about any of them. You know, the, the whole cheerleading scandal that went on a couple years back and just all the corrupt things this guy does and all the messed up things he does, he still is owning the Washington Commanders. I mean, he's practically ruined that franchise. He is not, you know, allowed for them to, you know, upgrade the stadium. They have sewer pipes bursting mid-game. It's just not a good look. And then to add on the fact he's avoiding taxes and IRS and, and you know, stealing money from the fans and the NFL – that's just horrible. I really hope justice is served in this situation because, once again, Dan Snyder does need to be stopped for all the you know, horrible things he does do for that franchise and for those players because those players and the fans of the Washington Commanders, they deserve better. I mean, they shouldn't have to continue to keep putting up with him and his corruptness. So, nothing less, the situation continues to evolve. Now, the next news we have is regarding the Carolina Panthers. So, obviously... The Panthers, they missed out on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes. They were not able to trade for him. Deshaun did not want to actually go to Carolina, which kind of shocked me because I feel like Carolina would have been a better suitor for him than the Cleveland Browns. But you could say Cleveland has a better defense, and they're slowly starting to you know, get better at the wide receiver position. So it kind of did make more sense as the trade you know, aged. Now, Carolina, they still have a hole at quarterback. Sam Darnold is not going to be the future for them. P.J. Walker is not going to be the future for them. So who are they going to go after? Well, the Carolina Panthers, they have met with quarterbacks Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, and Malik, oh my lord, and Malik Willis during Tuesday. Now, obviously, if they've talked to three quarterbacks so far, I'm pretty sure they've already talked to Kenny Pickett. This just pretty much solidifies the fact that if, you know, possibly Malik Willis does drop to where the Carolina Panthers are in the draft, they probably will take him or they'll take Matt Corral. I could see them taking either one of them because they're obviously going to want a gunslinger like Matt Corral and Malik Willis. So just another thing to continue to watch out for as draft day continues to come closer and closer and closer. Now for the next news we have, it's you know actually regarding the Minnesota Vikings. Now as I said earlier, today's you know NFL news is going to regard mostly the Minnesota Vikings. And kind of the first part of that news is regarding is regarding current quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins. Now, Kirk Cousins recently said to some reporters that he intends on staying with the Minnesota Vikings for the rest of his career. Now, he intends, now here's the biggest thing, he intends to stay with them for the rest of his career. Does that mean he will stay with the Minnesota Vikings? Absolutely not. I don't see it, because Minnesota's going to eventually want to go younger at the quarterback position. They're going to end up trading, you know, Kirk simply due to the fact he has a fully guaranteed contract, which, yes, they'll still have to pay, but they're going to want to get rid of it as soon as they can. So, obviously, Kirk Cousins, I give him a couple more years up in Minnesota. I'm not hating on Kirk. Personally, I, li I like Kirk. I liked him when he was in Washington. I liked the early stages of his career in Minnesota. I just, I just personally think Minnesota needs to start to look towards the future instead of trying to salvage a relationship with Kirk Cousins. That just, it's he's he's never going to be more than an average quarterback for the Vikings. So, I think they do need to sail that boat off to sea, but will they? Probably not. So I'll give it a couple more years. So, the next news we have is actually regarding the Seattle Seahawks 
and no Seahawks fans, y'all did not trade another player. Y'all did not release another all-pro player. Y'all actually did something good for once, and the Seahawks are picking up fifth-year option on tight end Noah Fant, who they acquired from the Russell Wilson trade to the Denver Broncos. Now, obviously, Noah Fant definitely is one of the better tight ends in the whole NFL. I love his receiving ability, and I think he'll be a really good fit for Seattle going, you know, long-term. Obviously, he already has a connection with Drew Locke, who... We really don't know who's going to be a starter. People are saying Geno Smith might have an upper hand, but I, I don't. There's no way that they're going to start an old, you know, obviously way out of his prime. Geno Smith, not the West Virginia Geno Smith, over a Drew Locke who has shown an immense amount of potential, even in the two to three years that he was with the Denver Broncos. So nothing less something to continue to watch out with in the Seattle Seahawks organi organization. But I'm really glad they are going to at least pick up the fifth-year option on Noah Fant. Now, the next news we have, it's regarding the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals have re-signed cornerback Trey Flowers to a one-year deal. The former Seahawk, he will be returning to um, Cincinnati. I love this for the Bengals. They obviously, they need to address the cornerback room a little bit more. Not saying they're horrible at it. Obviously, Eli Apple had kind of like a revitalized, you know, year last year with the Bengals and kind of, you know, uplifted his career after it started horribly with the, you know, Giants and the Saints. So, nothing less, great pickup for the Bengals. Now, the next news we have, it's back to the Minnesota Vikings, and it's regarding their star running back, Dalvin Cook. Now, Dalvin Cook announced on Tuesday that he will wear the number four, which he wore at Florida State. He was going to wear it last year before the NFL told him, hey, uh, if you're going to wear number four this year, you have to buy all of your stock and jerseys. You have to buy every single, you know, anything that, you know, has the number 33 on it just so, you know, we don't have to just waste our money. And Dalvin Cook obviously obviously said, yeah, no, I'm not going to spend a couple hundred thousand just so I can change my number when I can just wait an extra year. So, yeah, it's official. Dalvin Cook will be going back to the number four. I love it. I'm really glad the NFL finally transitioned to where, you know, allowing skilled players to wear single-digit numbers once again. And obviously, Dalvin Cook was a beast at Florida State, and I think he'll continue to be a beast for the Minnesota Vikings in years to come. Now, the final news we have, and it's regarding the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, Eagle fans, I know y'all continue and continue and continue and continue to give former first-round pick and former TCU you know, wide receiver Jalen Rager a lot and a lot and a lot of crud and just continue to bash him. But you also got to remember, the situation he came into with Philly was absolutely not ideal. The fact that he was drafted before, you know, Justin Jefferson was already a very horrible situation to begin with. We all knew Justin Jefferson was a better wide receiver than him. In my opinion, Jalen has always been more of a you know return specialist than a wide receiver. And it just never really went well. Obviously, quarterback position was a huge issue. Carson Wentz was buns. You know, Jalen Hurts, he also kind of was back and forth. And obviously, Jalen Rager, he just kept dropping balls. But we all know he was not in the right mental state. And he was just struggling you know, transitioning to the NFL from college, but is being reported by, you know, many different sources that a lot of teams around the NFL are actually calling the Eagles about Jalen Rager, and this doesn't really shock me. He still has a lot of potential in the tank. I still think he could be an amazing, you know, second or third option. I think transitioning him to the slot would be really good, or having him on the outside and allowing him to be a deep threat would be huge for a team, specifically like the Cowboys. If they didn't get James Washington from the Pittsburgh Steelers, they could have looked to get Jalen Rager possibly, you know, for a 
fifth round, sixth round pick maybe that could possibly end up breaking out for you. So nothing less. I really do hope Jalen does get moved from the Eagles just so he has a fresh start and those you know unholy expectations finally will get lifted off of him. Now, guys, to end today's episode, let's talk about the NBA play-in tournament. Now, for the first game on Tuesday, we had the Cleveland Cavaliers taking on the Brooklyn Nets in Brooklyn. And the Brooklyn Nets ended up winning 115-108 to against the Cleveland Cavaliers, officially making them the seventh seed in the NBA playoffs. And they will be taking on the number two seeded Boston Celtics. Now, this will definitely be an interesting series to watch. If KD and Kyrie continue to stay healthy, as well as all of the you know key role players for the Nets, this could really be a neck-and-neck neck series. But I do still think that Jason Tatum, who's playing at an MVP level, will probably be too dominant for him. And obviously, you know, we will see Brooklyn be a first-round exit once again. Now, for Cleveland, Cleveland, there's nothing to hold your head, you know, heads down. Y'all practically going into this season had no expectations of being good. You know, there was no expectations for them to even make the play-in. And the fact they even made the play-in was still really impressive. So, nothing less, they have a bright future ahead of them obviously with that great head coach and just the great young pieces they have on that team. So definitely expect Cleveland to continue to be a serious playoff contender for years and years and years to come. But they will play against um, whoever loses the Atlanta and um, Charlotte game going on Wednesday night. And obviously, I'm recording this on Tuesday night, so I, you know, I'm not going to be able to foresee that. But I would imagine that game will probably be Cleveland taking on the Atlanta Hawks, which that will be a really good game to watch. Now, for the final game of Tuesday night, the Minnesota Timberwolves took on the um, Los Angeles Clippers, a pretty neck-to-neck game. Obviously, Minnesota ended up, ended up clutching at the very end, and they will be taking on the number two-seeded Memphis Grizzlies in the NBA playoffs, which will now put the L.A. Clippers in a you know winner-go-home game against the winner of the New Orleans Pelicans and um, San Antonio Spurs game. Now, Definitely probably would expect New Orleans to win that game. So, and a Clippers versus Pelican game, which I think the Pelicans will end up winning that game. So, Clipper fans, I don't want to say y'all season is over, but if y'all do end up facing the Pelicans in the um, winner go home game in the play in tournament, I definitely would expect the Pelicans to take that game completely, especially if, you know, CJ McCollum and Brandon Ingram are healthy. So, nothing less. I do want to finish this episode off on one last news and that is the LA Lakers they have fired head coach Frank Vogel and I do want people to understand that yes Frank Vogel is not the greatest head coach of all time he definitely had a lot of screw-up moments but there's no reason to blame him for all the mistakes that the Lakers had this season obviously the Lakers did not play the way they should have but I think it falls a lot more on the front office in my opinion simply for the fact you tried to make a super team of a bunch of aging veterans who are not the same as they used to be. They are not all in their prime. Carmelo Anthony, he had great moments, but he's not the same mellow. LeBron James, he struggled in some moments. Obviously, he still you know, put up 40, 10, and 10, but was still great. Russell Westbrook, I, don't even get me started. Obviously, we all know Russell Westbrook is pretty much a slashing point guard. He's not going to be able to make you know perimeter threes. He's not, you know, not going to be able to shoot 40, but he's a great slashing point guard now obviously LeBron kind of plays a similar style yet he still can shoot so it's just kind of a, a co- like a collab of play styles that really didn't mesh well I know LeBron continues to say well you know if we were all healthy on the court you know Anthony Davis who was practically out the whole season with injuries 
we really didn't get to see the true, you know, form of all three of them playing together. But when we did see all, you know, the trio playing together, it really was not that great. They didn't really blend well. So definitely will be interesting to see who they do end up hiring. It will definitely be interesting to see if the Lakers still hold on to Russell or if they decide to move on from him. I still think they'll probably move on from him, but you never know. I think if LeBron convinces them, they will keep him. And I really want to see what Anthony Davis's future looks like with the Lakers, considering that he's practically been injured the past two seasons and has been a huge reason why the Lakers have had no playoff success. So, But guys, that is it for today's episode. I really do hope y'all did enjoy today's episode. I know I enjoyed making it for y'all. But guys, before you do leave, please make sure you do follow the official Instagram and TikTok of the Cover 7 with Mason Pierce podcast at Cover 7 with Mason Pierce. Link will be down in the description. As always, guys, I hope you have a fantastic Wednesday. Make sure you're watching some baseball. Make sure you're watching some basketball. Make sure you're just watching some sports. And I hope y'all take care. Peace.